gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Welcome. Welcome to Social Q&A Live. How to bring value to women if you are poor. Final episode of the season. Final episode of the year, we are in for a ripper today. We got a Instagram DM from a young guy who's quite lost. He's quite lost. He's 21 years old and his idea of what bringing value is, he's worried that he doesn't have a car, worried that he doesn't have his own house. How on earth am I going to bring value to these women? Uh, He's also a virgin as well, has some sexual experience in certain areas, but actually uh, never done the full deed in his words. So we've got his story to get into, which is actually, uh, it's going to be quite in-depth. I'm just giving you guys the cliff notes to begin with, get ourselves saucy here at the start. But it's going to be a very in-depth story. And I almost considered doing notes. That's how you know it's an in-depth story. I almost considered getting out the notepad, but I think we should be okay for today. So we're going to address that guy first. And then if you guys are new to Social Q&A Live, uh, welcome. Welcome. It took you a while to get here. But the way that these sessions run is that we have a preloaded question to begin with from X, and then we'll go into open Q&A in which you guys can ask any questions in the world of human interaction, dating, relationships, sexuality, whatever you want, we'll get it. And then, uh, of course, the Super Chat option is available. So if you want to donate to the channel, and get your question bumped to the top when we do get to open Q&A. You can use Super Chat and uh, that's most appreciated. It goes to support supporting the show. If you guys are live in the chat right now, which I can see a lot of you are popping in with, uh, go ahead and drop a thumbs up on this video. Help it get sent out to the rest of the community. Help support what's going on here. And we'll dive in. Let's go. Let me address some of you guys in the chat. And uh, by the way, we will do 
the full intro. We will do the full intro. By the way, what else are we going to talk about here? We're going to talk about sexual attraction and spiritual attraction. This is something that we've got to get because there's a story and we're going to go story time as well. There's a story from yesterday with this absolute prime woman in her prime, just one of the sexiest women I've ever seen, but then also interacting with her version of herself that was probably 20 years older. So it's like the lineage of sexiness in female presence. I mean, we've got to get into that and how spiritual interaction versus sexual interaction, uh, attraction, I should say. Uh, that's really awesome. The value, the true value of men and women, we'll get those. There's quite a few things we need to get into. And also, of course, how could I forget this? The true currency, the number one currency traded between human beings. We're going to have class Q&A as well for those of you who are new, so I'll get to this chat. Uh, this is not a time just to be rubbing your goose down. This is a time to be engaged in the sessions. I'm going to throw questions at you. I'm going to test you. I'm going to challenge your minds, see how far you've evolved over the last year of our social Q&A lives and uh, not make it too easy. So what that means is make sure you're engaged in the chat, put your best ideas forward. It's okay if you're wrong. Uh, I'll flame you. Yes, I will. But I'll also reward you with that Zeddy if you do get questions correct. So uh, thanks for being here. Let's fucking do it. Let me get to these. Uh, let me just address some of you in the chat to begin with. And then we'll get the full intro. Then we'll do the full intro. Okay. So the first person up in the chat, I'm going to zoom this shit in <laughs> about smashing my face on the mic. Uh, that looks pretty good. Hang on, are we even recording this? Oh, thank God. Yes, we are. I forgot that double check. Okay, so first person up in this chat was Ben Hyland. Shout out to Ben Hyland, one of the WBG's World Bowl Group members. Good to have you, B. He says, G'day, Adam. I can't use the Australian as well. Uh, G'day, Adam. I can't wait to hear what you have in store for us today. And I'll tell you right now, I'm ready and finishing up my venison steak as I type this. Of course you are. Of course you are. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you even hunted that yourself. I used to eat a lot of venison. Uh, however, it's very expensive down here. So the Australian version of venison is just kangaroo. Uh, although venison is, tastes way better. It's just that it's very hard to get down here. Uh, Jay News also up in here. Another WBG World Bowl Group member. He says, last class of the year. That Kyoshitsu. That Kyoshitsu. Uh, can't wait till the next and see what lessons and evolution awaits this community and myself. Hashtag bold 2021. <coughs> yes, sir. Yokozo and Much appreciated. He also says that being said, let's make this a good one. Yosha. Yosha indeed. Yosha indeed. So does you. Kevin Wu, the old K Wu, another World Bowl Group member. Hashtag WBG comes in saying, uh, hope you're well. Hope you're well, K. Hope you're well. Good to see you here. Ben also came in saying, looking and sounding crystal, my boy. Thank you very much. Monotonio, aka the Tonio, another World Bowl group member. This is like four for four right here in the comments. Uh, Tonio up in here saying, at last, we'll meet in the live. Hello, Adam and crew. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen you, Antonio, before in a live live session before. We've also got Richie J. Richo, good to have you here. He's all the way in the UK, uh, up in Scotto, I believe, saying, hi, Adam. Minus two degrees C this week. Which date is Social Q&A back next year? I'll keep you guys updated that in the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. We'll find out. Uh, Jesse Pinkman's also up in here saying, let's go, lads. Good to have you here, Jay. Thank you. And what? Who else do we have in here? We also have the Edo Skimodo, a.k.a. Ludicolo. 
saying, yo, how's it going, mate? Yep. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. It's been a long time since we've had another World Bowl group member. Shout out to Ski. Shout out to the Ludicolo, who's up in here saying, can't stay, but here to say hi. Super keen for this topic. Thank you very much for dropping in, Ski. I know you're working, which is why you haven't been able to make the last sessions. This is bloody beautiful. So, uh, we'll be here all day if I don't <laughs> if I don't actually get into the content. So as as you guys know, we start pretty hot in this content. <clears throat> Instagram DM, let's go. Preloaded question. Keep the privacy, of course, of course. And this is a very in depth, very in depth, moving parts. I've spent the good a good part of the last weekend uh, breaking down this guy's message and understanding where we want to take this topic of being a poor guy, and we're going to get into what poor is and being able to bring value to an attractive woman. So let's start off, uh, let's start right at the beginning though. You need to stay quite focused during this. Like you're going to, I'll, I'll break it down. We'll of course summarize it, but keep your minds fresh here. About a week ago on Instagram at uitang one tang one get there if you're not. I'm not going to mention his name, I'll just call him X. X reached out to me saying, Adam, hey, I hope you're doing well on the other side of the world, down under. You may or may not remember me. I am in the live stream from time to time, which, by the way, are rich for young men. I can't thank, so rich for young men. I can't thank you enough on behalf of all of us. It's people like you that inspire and create change for people to change into their best self. If it's not too much trouble, I was hoping to get your insight on something. If you're too busy or anything, no worries. Keep on keeping on. Wish you the best. Of course, I've got time for you, X. Let's go. He goes, I want to try and keep this as succinct as possible. I met this Syrian girl at work. She's really cute. I get the feeling she's attracted to me as I am her. We've chatted a bit on light banter. Today we talked more and I got her Snapchat. Some context about myself. I feel I'm confident in myself on one level, but on the same token, I don't have value. My only value I hold presently is that I'm a man I'm alive, people I love are alive, and I'm working to do better. I still live with my mother. I don't have a car, and I haven't fucked a girl, although I, haven't, although I have done everything else, so I'm not a complete fish, very easy and comfortable with females, and probably didn't do the deed because of the lack of confidence in not being complete. First, in the ways I told you about earlier. Read the car, read the mother, etc. The one time I tried to go all the way with a girl, I was going to sleep with her. I got ED, which I kind of understand why now. We had a lot to drink. It was super late and I was tired. She was horny. I wasn't in the mood, even though I absolutely should have been. Being I never had sex, but that was that, I still don't think it's that big a deal personally that I haven't done the deed on one level, but when I think about others' perspective, particularly girls, it must lower their attraction a little bit if they know slash find out or I tell them, re him not having had sex. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, the Adam Sage Wisdom I long for is how can I create slash develop a masculine 
slash feminine dynamic, masculine to feminine dynamic with all the girls I've yet to experience. Particularly with this Syrian girl, I know that I'm able to possibly develop a connection with. But even today, conversation leading to get into Snapchat, I noticed myself very curious and cheeky in a good way with the girl. But I want that masculine energy to where she finds herself extremely attracted deeper than she understands why. Thoughts on how I should behave, mindset when being with, or in quotes, trying to attract her slash them, end quotes, them just being multiple girls, I guess, girls in general. Thank you as always, Sage Grandmaster Adam with the prayer sign. Pretty in depth, huh? Pretty in depth. There's a lot of moving pieces, which is why I've spent the good part of the last weekend just being pretty disconnected from everything and just spent a lot of time on the beach going, going through this. And so I hit him back with a lot more context uh, just to understand where he's coming from. I mean, there's a lot of gold in that already, but we need to understand a little bit more about him for perspective, especially when we're starting to talk about, obviously you guys could have picked up the red flags. There's a lot of red flags in that message and we'll get the summary in a second. So let's hold on for that. But there are a lot of issues and we're going to keep rolling here. Let's get some context. I just asked him the basic contextual questions. <clears throat> oh, you guys should probably know what they are, actually. So I asked him, how old are you? What city country do you live in? How competent are you in cold social dynamics? Slash, how much experience do you have in direct cold interactions, either day or night? Have you ever been in a serious monogamous relationship? If yes, why didn't you two have complete sex? He goes on to respond. And uh, shout out to X for this. He responded with a lot of context, which just makes these podcasts way better. Uh, he, he went on to respond to all my questions saying, currently I'm 21 and I live in Canada. I won't say the city, but I'll just say Canada. 21 in Canada. And that should give you guys a lot, a lot more of a lighthouse on this message. If you look at all the red flags regarding value and his value systems in the beginning and how he's going to be able to bring that to women... Also, his idea of sexual progression of women, there's some issues there as well. But he's 21. 21 living in Canada. That's really important to keep in mind. By the way, I didn't even say it. Shout out to those of you listening and post on the podcast as well. I always forget about you guys, but don't worry. I know you have so wrapped up with those here alive. Anyways, he went on to say, so I'm 21. I'm in Canada. I've only ever approached a few women in cold approach only during the day. My first relationship and only relationship was in junior high, around 15 years old. We did everything but dot, dot, dot. The girl that I mentioned I didn't get it up with was when I was 19. Looking back, I regret not going in with her. In my mind, I really struggle with the concept of being worthy for women in my life or not having the value I should at the age I am. If you saw me and chatted, you would probably think from first impressions, this guy is a cool guy. Fun, friendly with people, guys and girls he probably does well with. But, well, this is only half true. I prefer introvert. Not so much by choice, but kind of circumstance in which I am on, in quotes, the journey, end quotes. Thank you so much for responding. I'll take what you say into deep thought and hopefully provoke some good change. P.S. The Syrian babe I found out has a boyfriend via her snapping me a picture of them kissing accidentally, in quotes, accidentally. 
It was supposed to be sent to her sister. <clears throat> Seen her today, and I keep getting the vibe impression she doesn't want me to stop talking to her. In my mind, I'd rather not just be friends? Question mark. Is this unwise? And so... There's actually another two paragraphs that go on. I'm not going to read all of it because it's just, he goes on to say, I don't mean to rant, but I want to provide some context. Basically, what he's about to go into is where he sees his life going. Uh, It's just that that's the second part of this podcast. But there are points of it that I will mention now, just for context for you guys to understand. I won't go through all of it because it's actually quite long. But let's just say this. He's very concerned with financial stability. He lacks direction in his life and momentum in in doing meaningful work. He feels like he should be in six car, have a good career by now, have good savings, have a a car, preparing to move out where the complete opposite is true. Uh, His main idea is that he wants to join the military, do his three to four years in the military, get paid, and then when he comes out, just take that money and go and travel and hopefully find himself through that, find what he wants to do in life through that. Uh, potentially become a travel, have a YouTube channel doing travel and uh, learning to play piano covers. We might, I might, I might get, oh, and he finishes it by saying, feels like a lifetime before I get to live those fantasies though. I've just really kind of shortcut that. It's quite a few several paragraphs, but it's really a different part of the podcast. So we will go through that more in depth in po- when we get to the back end of this podcast, but there's so much to get through at the beginning. So Let's get the summary here. There's a lot to well, you get your mind wrapped around with that. So what have we got here? We've got a 21-year-old male, I'm a sapien, who lives in Canada, has very little social and sexual experience. And when I say social, I should have said cold social. He says he's pretty good with people in general, but... And actually, I did a little bit of research on uh, his profile. I went to your profile, X, and there is one, a couple photos of you. And this is not a bad-looking dude. This is a very, uh, objectively, uh, no homo, but not that there's anything wrong with that. If you are homosexual, just not the way that I speak. But he is objectively a very attractive male. So that actually, and the reason why I want to bring that up is because it brings in this idea of how uh, just because you have natural looks doesn't mean you have natural social dynamics. We will get to that later. Please remind me if I forget about that. It's quite an important point. Anyways, you definitely, I definitely agree with him because some of you might think his message was a little bit egotistical in saying that if you just look at me, you think I would do well with girls and guys. Like Everyone thinks that a little bit about themselves, but I actually went and verified this and I agree. He does look like the type of guy that would have effortless interactions with women specifically and would probably just be one of the lads. Uh, where am I rating him on the physical scale? Look, probably an eight, probably eight or higher, something like that. He's, he's model standard. So that brings just a bit of context here for you guys, which actually it's very important you understand that when we start to look at his problems with value and value systems. So anyways, 21, 21 year old, good looking guy in Canada, uh, very almost no cold social experience. He says he's done a few cold approaches in day game and meeting people in the day. Yeah, I would like to know how many a few is. You know, some people think a few is like like ten or twenty. I think that's more like a one or three. You know, I think it's very little, very very little. Hasn't done any at night at all. I don't. I'm not sure what the legal age is in Canada for going out at night. 
if it's anything like the US, it's 21 in the US, I believe, 18 here in Australia. So maybe he just hasn't been able to go out legally at night. Um, I slide him one there. But now to get to the more crux of it, he's very unhappy with his current financial and living situation in which he's dependent upon his mother and doesn't have any momentum, in his words, in building a career. Uh, life purpose is really what we're talking about there. So there's a lot of systemic issues going deep within that. What else have we got? Several th- twice has been mentioned, doesn't have a car and doesn't have savings. Doesn't have a car, doesn't have savings, doesn't have financial stability, living with his mother, doesn't have purpose driving somewhere forward. Is that about it? Is that wrap up the summary? Feels like he's pretty good with girls and guys in general though. Oh, the sexual, the sexual, uh, we went on his cold social inadequacy, lack of experience in cold social inadequacy, but we also forgot to mention the sexual experiences he's had. To get it wrapped up here, now I don't, he's not my client, I've never spoken to him before, but from the story he's told here and how forthcoming he's been about his sexual experiences, I'll take a swing. Listen, X, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But from the message you've given me here, it sounds like you've only ever had two sexual experiences in your life that were of meaning. Because those are the only two you mentioned. You mentioned the one at 15 where you had a girlfriend in junior high, your only girlfriend, which is why I really think these are the only two. The only girlfriend so far in your life that was a serious monogamous relationship. You're 15 years old at the time and you guys did everything, everything under the sun, but full sexual penetration. If I had him here in the room, I would... uh, Well, actually, no, it's not just that if I had him in the room here, I was going to say if I had him here in the room, I'd ask him why, but I did ask why. I asked why in my question. I said, have you ever been in a serious monogamous relationship? And slash, if yes, why didn't you two have complete sex? So if we actually get his direct answer, he responded to that by saying, this is what I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here, so let's, let's just take our time with it. He responded to that particular question by saying, my first relationship and only relationship was in junior high, around 15 years old. We did everything but dot, dot, dot. So he didn't... So X, you either consciously or subconsciously chose not to answer my full question there, which I'm only just realizing now. You didn't explain why you two didn't have complete sex, full penetration, full play, whole way. Uh, So I would like to know why. I would like to know why if you... I mean, if you're watching this live now, uh, let me know. I mean, I know I've done, I've haven't mentioned your name or done anything like that. I've only referred to you as X, so it'd be hard for you to in the chat to, unless you've got an unusual username. But uh, if you are going to be here in the live session, please let me know why you and your first monogamous relationship, serious relationship, didn't go the full way, whole way, because you didn't mention it in this message. You said you did everything but. So, anyways. Getting the, getting the summary back up here. <clears throat> so that seems to be the situation. Uh, lack of sexual interactions and uh, sexual experience, particularly in a deeper space. That's what we're seeing here. And so now let's, uh, let's unpick it. Let's dive in and go piece by piece. Let me just uh, come up in the chat here and see what's going on. Oh, we've got Jose up in here. Another World Bowl group member. Shout out to WBG. Jose, Pablo Fuentes Soles comes up and he's saying, yo, what's up? Season finale. That's right, son. Final episode of the season, pumped up. Got a lot of energy for today. Got a lot of stories. Got a lot of lessons to get. Got a lot of things to challenge you guys on. I'm really keen on this uh, 
Number one currency traded between human beings. We'll get to this. We also got Papa Smurf B up in here. I wonder who Papa Smurf A is. But we got Pop, we got Papa up in here saying, we got Smurfland up in here saying, yo, good to have you here, Smurfs. And then we got Justin Bediaco up in here saying, what's up, Adam? Appreciate everything and like. I don't know what and like means, but then it goes on to say, Justin Bediaco, four other girls. All right. So we have a situation here because <laughs> it's actually the situation I just mentioned. Uh, the reason, if you guys are wondering, what do you mean? Why is Justin saying four other girls? Well, Justin's actually the one who sent me this message. So I guess I don't have to refer to him as X anymore because he's already come in the chat and answered one of the questions. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess it doesn't really, I always do everything to maintain privacy unless you guys come in here and use your own names. That's your choice. But thank you very much, Justin. So Justin's just given us some context here saying that uh, he's actually been with four, four other girls, but not the whole way as he described in his message here. Justin, while you're here, while, I'm, while we start to unpack this, could you please let me know why you didn't finish off your response to my DM, which is what you didn't fully answer me when I asked why you two didn't go the complete way in your first relationship, but you did everything else. I'd like to know a little more context on that, but let's go down here. Let's go into it. So we actually have the person who sent in the story live in the chat, which is very rare. Normally you guys don't catch it until post. So this is good. We'll have some back and forth. Let's do it. So, my friends, we're in a very in-depth context like this, very in-depth story. We're going to have to go through the red flags piece by piece and uh, break it all down and then we'll get the uh, and we'll get the, we'll get the learns at the end. So, let's go right back up to the top. So, I think we're going to go very chronological here in terms of these red flags. The first one that we get out with here, and this is where I start to hit you guys with class Q&A, start to hit you guys with questions. There was the Syrian girl at work. Feels like she's attracted to him. Had a bit of chant, a bit of bat. We found out later on that she has a boyfriend, but let's not think about that right now because that's not so important to me yet. I mean, uh, there are many situations where you'll be in where a girl has a boyfriend, she's in a serious relationship, yet for whatever reason, still showing you signs of uh, interest, whether because the relationship's not great or because she's just finding something better in you. Conjecture, conjecture, you'd have to ask her. But so that's not an issue that she has a boyfriend that we now know if she has a boyfriend. That doesn't mean that she wasn't necessarily attracted to J slash X to begin with. So, but he went on to say, some context about myself. I feel confident in myself on one level, but in the same token, I don't have a value. My only value I hold presently is that I'm a man, I'm alive, people I love are alive, and I'm working to do better. I still live with my mother, I don't have a car, and I haven't fucked a girl, although I've done everything else. I'm not a complete fish. Let's pause it right there. That's part one of this podcast. So there are several red flags within that initial message, or that just initial section right there, which leads on to his questions. We'll get to his question towards the end about how to have this masculine-feminine polarity and energy in which that girls are so attracted to you at such a subconscious level that they don't even understand why. We'll get to that a little bit further on. We're not ready for that yet. But if you just go through his initial part of his message there, in which that he feels that he doesn't have value. Specifically says, I don't feel like I have value other than that I'm a man and that uh, there are people that I love that are alive and I'm working to do the best that I can. And then explicitly in the next sentence goes on to state that because he lives with his mother, doesn't have a car. And then if we go into the deeper context later on about... He wants to have good financial stability, 
wants to have the car, wants to have the drive and the purpose in life to be doing the meaningful work. So this is where I hit you guys with the first question. What appears to be the first red flag in, I'll just call him Justin now, in Justin's perception of value? This is the first class question. For those of you that are new to social Q&A, this is now when you guys are going to, I encourage you to put in your best ideas and we're going to have back and forward in the chat and we're going to help you guys to work through it. I'll be very good with not giving you too much time as sometimes I do. Uh, but we'll have some back and forth. But there's a very obvious red flag that shouldn't be too hard of a question here, which is, and I've been peppering it out through the beginning of this podcast, value systems. There are issues within Justin's value system. What is it? There's, there's several. You could go very esoteric and very philosophical with it. That's very deep. You can start that way, or you can also be very surface level. But he... It's also quite interesting to note the positioning of which he brought up his value system. He first tells us about this attractive girl he meets at work, the Syrian babe. They're having a good time together and uh, feels like he's, that she's attracted. But then in the very next, goes on to mention how he doesn't feel like he has value other than just the fact that he exists, essentially, is what he's saying there. And then goes on to mention the litany of reasons for why he doesn't feel like he has value. Insufficient financial stability, insufficient car, travel stability, if you want to call it that, uh, and also just meaning and purpose working forward in life. There's an issue with the value system. Let's see what you guys come up with in the chat. Let's get some answers up in here. <clears throat> By the way, if you guys are enjoying this session, you're just rocking in. Don't forget to hit a thumbs up on here. Down below, helps support the video. Most appreciated. Oh, fuck. I said we we're going to do the full intro as well. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> I was going to do the full Japanese intro. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it at the end. We'll just do it at the end. Even though that makes no sense. But we're too deep in the sesh. We're in the sesh, my friends. Oh, fuck. Okay, so. So, 8% disciples up in here. Is that you, Eric? Is that 8% Disciple Eric or is that someone else? I don't think it is Eric. I think Eric is someone else. But he comes in saying, hello from the UK. Haven't called one live in a long time. Good to have you here. Good to have you here from the UK as well. I know it's late for you. Thanks for being here. Okay. Jose comes up and saying, yo, I've been looking for a social Q&A live where the sender is here as well. Fuck yeah, Justin. Yeah, that's all right, guys. Let's support Justin who's up here live in the chat while we will shred him to pieces and set him on fire or the concept of his ego. We'll also make sure that he has a path forward. Make sure he has light moving forward. Now, whether you guys are here live in the chat, those who send the preloaded context, that doesn't make me go easier on you. That probably actually makes me go harder on you. But always with compassion. Sting with a smile. Oh, okay. So we've got our first answer to the first class question, which is I asked about value systems. What's the... Big red flag in Justin's value system and his perception of what value is. Richo comes in with the first answer. <clears throat> saying he's looking for external value. Internal value is key. I agree. I agree. That's a good start. Quite general. Good start. But you definitely nailed it. Let's see if anyone's got something a little more specific. Jose comes in straight after that saying external validation, money, living with MoMA. Uh, no sex. Okay, so I agree 100%. Quite general though. You've both been quite general. Very accurate though. Like I'm not saying you're wrong. You're definitely correct. Just a bit general. Let's see if we can go a little deeper. 
Ben Hyde then comes in saying, you create your own value, Justin, and if you cannot do so, will end up going outside yourself into the external will to fulfill yourself and your ego. All right, now we're starting to get some specifics. Here we go. And yeah, I know it's uh, we're at the beginning of the session. It's a pretty easy question to begin with, and we're getting your minds lubed up here. We're getting your engine started. <clears throat> but as we get deeper in these sessions, I expect you guys to level up your minds and to not just give knee-jerk reactions, but to, as Ben has done, you know, ex- express yourself a little bit, really kind of filter, fillet your thoughts. Excellent. Excellently said, Ben, because uh, you've brought up a couple of things there that we will get back to. Let's see who whatever else to say. But Ben's got Zenny. Ben's got number one Zenny there. That's definitely so far. Jay New then came in saying, value stems from having purpose and principles and having the strength of character to stand by them. Same wavelength as Ben. Nice specific there, Jay New. Appreciate that. Well said. Kay Wu then comes in saying, "You can- okay, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Kay is a, uh, you can enjoy life while pursuing your goals. Mm. If she wishes to join you along your journey, that's cool. If not, that's also cool. I like it. Kay, Kay is coming in with a different angle. He's coming with a romantic angle that neither Jay Nu or Ben had hit. I like that because there are... The reason why I've spent the better part of the weekend <clears throat> churning over this and just just like as if a, a master craftsman putting an urn together in the clay room and just trying to mold where this podcast is going to go, there's so many moving pieces here. K-Woo's hit a romantic error in the value system. Ah, yeah. But then Jay Nu and Ben have hit a error in the really life purpose, more more understanding of intrinsic value in a more life purpose sense. We'll get to that as well. But there's many angles to get to here. And this is what we do when we answer class questions. Unless someone absolutely hits the 100K Zenny mark, which is these rewards I give out during the session. Uh, but those don't come, normally those don't come to later in the session when we start to ask very specific questions. This question is very general. Just want to see, get you guys started. We then get Tonio coming in saying, he perceives value only as physical things, meaning money, cars, etc., and not in the more meaningful things such as emotional depth and presence. Okay, Tonio is given more specific on Jose and Jay's, sorry, Jose and Richo's. So Tonio is kind of built off them and given more specific in terms of the emotional depth and presence. I like that. I like that, Tonio. That's really good as well. So, Let's get back to his words here. It's actually really important during very in-depth podcasts to always go back to their words and make sure that we're not getting too, uh, too in our own words with it. He goes on to say, you know, I had this light banter with this really cute Syrian girl at work. Then directly goes on to say, I don't have value. My only value I hold presently is that I'm just alive. I'm a man. People I love are alive. Working to do better. Still live with my mother. Don't have a car. I haven't fucked a girl. Although I've done everything else. Not a complete fish though. Let's pause that, then go down to the bottom of the message. He's got some issues. We've got to get to the sexual as well, because he's got some issues with his perception of sexual adequacy. There's also errors of sexual adequacy. There are so many things to cover it here. I've got to slow us down. But, but, I just want to get back to the value system here, the final bit of his context. Here we go. In my, he goes on to say, In my mind, I really struggle with the concept of being worthy for women in my life. 
not having the value I should have at the age I am. If you saw me and chatted, you probably think on first impressions, this guy's cool, friend, friendly, fun and friendly with many guys and girls. The dilemma is that I'm having with myself is the financial stability, living with my mother for right now, being part of my anxiety is that I lack directional momentum at which I feel like I should be in sixth gear, have a good career by now, have good savings, a car preparing to move out. Whereas the complete opposite is true. That bit there, that bit there, good car, good career, good savings. So you guys have been very switched on right from the get. Not that it was the hardest question in the world, but when I asked you what was the big red flag in his perception of I don't have value and his value system errors, a lot of you have all hit, none of you have been incorrect. You've all hit varying levels of uh, awesomeness in your answers in terms of depth and specifics. But as long as any of you had said that, it seems to be that he's attempting to fill a cup that has no bottom. His cup has no bottom. When you attempt to look outside yourself, Justin, to erect value and what you present and how that you interact with, with you, not only your mother, but in your sexual interactions. We'll talk about your mom a little bit more later on. But in your sexual interactions, we'll keep it focused on that to begin with. And if you're looking to the cars, looking to the career, looking to the financial stability, looking to the housing, looking to the, the dollar, the dollar amount, and that's your currency. That's your currency of value that you are trading with other human beings. A lot of the people up in this chat have already pointed towards, well, it seems like that's all outside of you. Now, my friends, that's good. Those of you that said that, well, they, they all, that all appears to be something outside of yourself and which that and a lot of you have already inferred that which lacks, it lacks something, lacks something. Let's see, did anyone specifically? What's going on up in here? Some of you weren't that specific about it. Jay New did come in saying value stems from having purpose and principles, having shown the carry. That wasn't too specific to it, this particular point. Tonio was probably the closest when he said that more meaningful things such as emotional depth and presence. But none of actually, so none of you actually hit where I would like you, where I think we should get with this though, which is interesting. You're all very good, but you're all missing something. We mentioned the cup that has no bottom. <clears throat> My friends in the live chat and Justin, as you're listening, what is the nature of external things when we attempt to derive value from them? Are they exhaustible or inexhaustible? Are they fleeting? Or are they grounded? What are they dependent on? Are they rigid? Are they solid? Or are they fragile? What is the nature of these cars and this money and this uh, outward external perception that Justin has as to bringing value, especially when we start to talk about coming into women? And we're going to start to place that a little bit more. But what is the... Because it's all well and good to say that Okay, we've identified he's attempting to place importance on external value and that's his key criteria for being worthy as a man. We all get that. We all absolutely get that. What's the issue with that though? Because while you in the chat may be going there, that just doesn't seem right. Like it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right up in the kokoro, up in the chassis. However, we need to understand why because there are, we should never assume that people understand why external value is an issue. Why determining your self-value based on the external is an issue. There are many people who would 
I know many people who would come into this chat right now and say, that's not an issue. <clears throat> we could unpack that. But I want to unpack that now. <coughs> because it's not a... It would be foolish to move past that point. He needs to understand very clearly because it's, as you can see in his message, it's not just popped up once. It's not like him saying, yeah, I guess it would be nice to have like a car and nice to have a house and then a girl would be really attracted to me. Then I could be, then I could be a man, right? It's not like that. That's not the impression I'm getting from Justin's message. It's like, this is a firmly rooted, need to have a good car, need to have good savings, need to be financially stable. Then I'll be a man. Then women will be attracted to me. Yes. Like that, that's the impression. It seems quite rock solid because of how many times it's been reiterated, which is why I had to give you guys context. So staying uh, focused here, what's the issue with Justin deriving external value and, re- and using that as his criteria for internal value and that's what deems him to be a man? What is the issue with that? <clears throat> Okay, a new user comes in with the username of Jack. <clears throat> Jack comes in saying, probably similar to what others have said, but he's basing his self-worth off of what society deems important rather than what he actually values. Definitely correct, Jack, but we've now moved past that. Uh, you might have just said that before I asked that question. But we're now understanding why that is in fact an issue. Why is what society deems important an issue? That's what we're getting at here. Jose then comes in saying, I get the feeling that Justin lacks life purpose. Well, you don't even need to get the feeling. He's actually explicitly stated that. He's been courageous enough to even just state that. He even said that he gets a lot of anxiety about his lack of direction in life. Totally understandable. We'll address that later on towards the end of the podcast. I'm sure it'll organically pop in, but more specifically. Jose then went on to say, without it, there is no map, no guideline. If your life has a purpose, there's a meaning from your inside. I agree. We're not ready for that part of the podcast yet, though. We are. We're still just getting started. B Ben High then comes in saying, "There will always be a okay." Here we go. So now again, the first answer to what is the issue with this external value, and that's our criteria for internal value and who we think we are. B comes in with the first answer saying, "There will always be another carrot to chase after. Do not be the blind donkey chasing the carrot." Very good. What I'm speaking to this is that when does it ever end? That's essentially what Ben's trying to say. So, Justin, you could just take something like that. When does it ever end? We'll get to that. Jay Newton comes in saying, ah, another case of the false idols. Referencing last week's podcast. Yes, false, false gods. Definitely false gods for sure. We talked about that last week. However, Jay Newton, what's the issue with false gods in the sense of external value? That would be something for you to work on. Uh, Richo then comes in saying, the external masks, ah, here we go. Here we go. I was waiting for someone to bring this word in. Here we go. Richo comes to say, the external masks our internal. <clears throat> if one focuses on that, they will never be complete because it's something that can't be completed. Internal happiness comes from within. Because society isn't authentic to who you are, be a leader, not a sheep. I think that was slightly on a different tangent. But very well said there, Richo. The external masks are internal. If they focus on that, they'll never be complete because it's something that can't be completed. Very good. Okay. Okay. Very good. That's number one so far. 
missing missing a little bit. There's something that's quite that. It's not nothing that was incorrect with what you're saying, but I'm still looking for something more. But the fact that you brought in masks, that's I'm that's very key. We need to talk about masks because you've you've described a a psychological spider web, a psychological spider web that Justin is currently found himself in. That is a web of masks, and we are going to talk about this. We are going to destroy this. B then comes in saying, you must accept where you are and set yourself firmly in the direction you know is right and good. Definitely. Tonio then came in saying, making external slash superficial values, his main focus puts his presence and happiness on hold because he will tell himself that he'll be happy in the future and can only fulfill goals if he's complete. Two of you have now hit the complete word. That's very good. You guys are switched on. Justin then comes in saying, as in Justin Justin says, I see external value as a byproduct of moving forward in someone's journey while not neglecting the practice of learning about yourself and relation to others, presence in everyday life, all that? Question mark? Okay, I don't understand the... I don't understand why there's a question mark on the end of that, Jay, uh, Justin. But it's good to see that, at least in this session, you may be learning. And he's saying that I see external value now as a byproduct of moving forward in someone's journey. <clears throat> the reason why I say it sounds like you might be learning is because that's not what you said in your initial message to me, especially after I questioned you quite a bit and we get all that context. Uh, it's popped up numerous times that, I, and this is where Justin, we're going to start to go a little bit deeper now because while you're here in this session and you're looking at what other people are saying as I'm leading them into certain questions, which will lead them into certain answers, getting them to think in certain ways and express themselves in certain ways. We get a, an amalgamation of answers. And if, if you imagine yourself on the coastline as a lost ship and all the lighthouses along the coastline seem to be pointing you into the same direction, it's very hard to deny them. It's very hard to see that if you've got five, six, seven different lighthouses all pointing their light in one direction – it's very hard to deny that that might be the direction to go. And if they're not pointing in the direction where it's dark, that might be where the cliffs are. So that that's something in and of itself is what's so productive about these social Q&As. However, however, Justin, I want to bring, as if you're here in the room with me here, which I'm taking it that you are. What you've said there, I see external value as a byproduct of moving forward in someone's journey while not neglecting the practice of learning about yourself in relation to others, presence every day in life. What that tells me is that you're starting to see a little bit of light through what has been asked here in the beginning. However, I'm, I'm not the type of person, I've worked too deeply with too many people to know that you just being here in that session saying that, that doesn't, that doesn't speak much. As in, that might be something consciously, that now you're going logically, okay, maybe I shouldn't be putting so much... Uh, emphasis and pressure on the external value to determine who I am. Seems like a little lighthouse is pointing that way. However, what you said to me in your raw thoughts, in your raw moments, in those Instagram DMs repeatedly, was that there was a lot of subconscious seeds deeply embedded around your perception of what value truly is. Otherwise, I would not have asked the question. So why did I bring this up, guys? Is because I expect that Justin throughout this session will learn. However, It'll be temporary. It'll be temporary, and I'm I'm uh, not going to make the mistake 
of just now moving past this because it seems like Justin's got a handle on it. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. There are more questions to ask. There are deeper things to go into. And one thing that I can do for you, Justin, is because you're here in the chat to help push you <coughs> as far as I can. So if you if you truly do see that external value as just a byproduct of moving forward, why did you say to me in your Instagram message, I don't have value? That's a difficult question, isn't it? For those in the live chat right now, other than Justin, you can take a swing at that if you want. However, you could take a swing, as in you might be able to unpick it psychologically at what, at what is the psychological misgiving going on in Justin's thought process there. But more specifically for Justin, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm, I don't know you. I don't know you. But when you say I see external value as a byproduct of moving forward in someone's journey, okay. I'm not going to debate that with you right now. However, what I will ask you is, then why did you say to me in your DM, I don't have value? And then why did you say to me in your DM that when you did describe what having value is, financial stability, having a car, having a lot of sexual experience of different women, or at least having sexual experience of women, but I'm sure in your mind it should be copious at least. And I agree with that to a certain extent as well. We can get to that later in terms of sexual attraction versus spiritual. We're going to get to that soon. But... You see the contradiction, Justin. On one hand, you're telling me I see external value as a byproduct of moving forward in someone's journey. We can debate that. I'm not degree, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that. But then in your Instagram messages, you say that I don't have value. And then when you do try to represent what value is to me, you describe it as only being external things. Can you see why I'm saying just, just hold on here? Just hold on. Don't try and force realizations for yourself just based on what the other lighthouses are saying and where they are pointing light, and where I'm pointing those to where the light should be. You're out in the ocean right now. You're out on your ship. Stay the line. Stay the course. Don't reach out too much yet. Let's go through the session. Let's work through it, okay? I like, though, that you're trying. It's good. But sometimes we need to, sometimes we need to plant, uh, drop anchor and just observe the conditions. So let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up question one uh, right here, which is that, oh, and also, hang on, Jay New would come in with a question, some follow-up. Jay New would come in saying, I wait, wait, saying the issue lies in the idols of society and consumerism comes from without and not within your nature as a masculine being. Very good. Very good. Kate Wu then came in saying, I also thought, oh, sorry, I was also taught as a child that women will not view you as a man if you cannot provide for her financially, have a good car, job, and house. I was taught by mentors that this is not reality. True value is purpose and social responsibility. Fuck yes, K. Wu. Well said. Well said. I've been reluctant to give out the 100K Zenny, the 100,000 Zenny rewards, uh, because I, I was a little... You guys are some of the best of the best here in the social Q&A live chat right now, so I can't just flippantly give out 100K Zenny rewards. That's pretty damn close though, but not quite there yet. We'll get there. <laughs> it's a very good answer though. So let's wrap it up here. Let's wrap up this part of the podcast. External value. I mentioned the cups before. For all of you in the live chat, Justin, as you're listening, what type of cup are you attempting to fill by saying that I don't have value and that what I do perceive value as is the house, car, job, money, sexual experiences, 
everything outside of yourself. There's a cup with no bottom. What that means, and when I was trying not to finish that analogy too soon, I wanted to see if some of you could finish it for me. Some of you have kind of got there. Let's finish it up. The cup of no bottom is the cup that is filled by things that are from outside of yourself, in which that there is no end. I asked some of you guys, what is the nature of external value? There is no end. Some of you did come in with something similar, saying that he will never be complete. A couple of you said the word complete twice. He'll never be complete. Why? Because there will always be a better house, Justin. There will always be more money to be gained. There will always be a better car. There will always be a more financially stable position. When does it ever end? When do you get to the point of saying, I have enough car, enough job, enough house, enough sexual experience. Now I'm a man. Now I have value. Now I can create the polarity of masculine to feminine energy that I've always wanted that on such a deep subconscious level these women are attracted to me without them even knowing why where where is the tick on that where is the sign for that now let's not forget let's not forget let's not forget about what the nature of society is why is it Justin so I'll pause just before we get to that cup of no bottom the cup you're attempting to fill Justin has no bottom there is no complete point. There is no checkoff mask. You can run this game every day of your life and you'll never reach a final point of saying that as some of these in the live chat have said, complete, I have value now. I am valuable now. If you chase outside of you in order to attract a woman, become a sexually attractive being and have women sexually polarized with you, you always feel empty. You will always feel empty. And that now let's get to it. Let's get to it right here. This is a big point that I preloaded for you guys. You guys don't know, but let's do it. Why is it, Justin, and everyone else in the live chat, why is it that not every man who has a good car, good job, good money, why is it not why is it not that men that have all those things, the things that Justin are describing here? Why is it that not all of them have deeply meaningful and fulfilling sexual relationships? There are many men out there, Justin, that have a great car, great job, investment accounts, investment funds, investment farm down in Tasmania. They've got all the external measures of value that in that society deems that you're discussing. Yet not all of them, I don't see all of them with deeply meaningful sexual relationships. How can this be though? How can this be based on your perception? Because what you've been telling me, Justin, is that, well, that's what it is value. That's what value is. Right, that's what you said to me before you got into the live chat. That's your most truest, rawest thought and reiterated subconsciously many times. So for those of you in the live chat right here, if this is what you want to think about. If, if having a good car and a good job and a good house was the key to sexual attraction and was the key to deep, meaningful sexual relationships, why is it that not every single man who has a good car, good job, good money right, financial stability and all the rest, why is it that not all of them have the deep and meaningful sexual relationships? That's a good, that's a good question, huh? Because there are many men. There are many men, I know many men, that have all the things that Justin has listed as external value. And the reason why, by the way, why this is so relevant is that, is that he's mentioned these external value points not just for the sake of 
That's just what he wants to achieve. He has specifically mentioned them in relation to sexual relationships and has given us a lot of context to his sexual progression. And the finite question, let's get our, our state contextual here, saying to me, <clears throat> I want that masculine energy to where she finds herself extremely attracted deep and then she understands why. <coughs> so Justin probably doesn't even realize this because it's a subconscious point. It's something that's been filtered out through his entire message in his neurolinguistics in which that he is attached quite deeply this concept of gaining external value and that's the direct relation between achieving sexual fulfillment and sexual romantic relationships. Uh, you might not even understand to what level that is, Justin, but as a coach who works with people on this on the day-to-day that has seen not only the progression of guys of where you're at right now, but guys that are 10, 20 years ahead of where you are with the mindsets you currently have, with the way that you talk and how their lives end up, I see where this goes. And I see the seeds that have been planted in your mind, which is why I'm going to go to great pains to uproot them and give you a choice whether you wish to replant them or not. But just staying back on this question here, we're getting a little philosophical there. Back on that question, if the answer to having if the answer to having the type of masculine energy where she finds herself so extremely attracted on such a deep level that she doesn't even understand why, if the answer to that was the external value points of car, job, money, house. If that was the case, which is what Justin appears that he believes here, at least on a subconscious level, and as K. Wu said in the chat, he was conditioned to think that way as well. That's the societal machine. So it's not just Justin. Then wouldn't we see all the men with the house, the car, money, also with such deep levels of masculine energy and balance of uh, really the core of what human beings trade on, which is we've got to get to that in a second. Wouldn't we see them with all the deeply success, uh, sexually fulfilled relationships? I'm just going to pop it in the chat and then we're going to mention a story here. We're going to get into a story because there's a story we can't forget about this. Jay New would come in saying, Justin is seeking to satisfy women through their egos rather than their nature, which is to reflect masculine beings. Very well said, Jay New. Very well said. Because it triggers something in my mind that we need to talk about, which is not only the masks, the spider web of masks. We've got to get to the spider web of masks, but we've also got to get to something you said there about uh, satisfying women through their egos. And what, and what type of women exist out there? What type of women would be interested in what Justin is attempting to pursue? Because uh, I'm not going to stand here and say that there's not a woman for that. There are women on the payroll. Yeah, we will get to women on the payroll at a good time. So well said there, Jaden. Kay Wu then come and saying, Adam, can you share with us on your definition of value or makes a person of value? Absolutely, Kay Wu. We'll get that. We're not ready for that yet. We're still unpacking this. But uh, if I forget, just copy and paste that question. <clears throat> it's probably going to come out organically anyway. Ben High then came and saying, Justin wants to give women what he thinks they want instead of allowing each interaction to bring forth its own beauty in the moment. 
basically, Ben and Jay New are brothers in the same room right now, uh, just having thumb wars. You guys are having thumb wars. You're on the same wavelength. You guys are hand in hand. Taha then comes in saying, do we know that for a fact? Most, if all people I know who have all three, who have all three that have meaningful relationships. In my personal experience, they do. So I'm not sure what you're saying. Do we know that for a fact is he might, he or she, whoever Taha is, might be saying that in response to why is it? Because the question I'm asking here is why is it that if having all the external value points equals deeply sexual, meaningful relationships, why doesn't everyone have that? And if that's what you're saying, do we know that for a fact? Then yes. Just the advent of cheating and divorce rates. All you have to do is look at that. All you have to look at is all you have to do is walk around your neighborhood every single day for about a month, get to know people and get to understand their relationships. And you understand that, especially in a rich neighborhood, and just get to learn the people and note, because you can't just ask them on one day. You can't just rock up on a dinner party and judge someone's relationship or their levels of meaning and happiness. You need to see what that's like about across a month. And that's what I do around my area. I walk every single day, multiple times a day. I pretty much know everyone around this neighborhood. I know the general set point of their joy and the general set point of their meaning. And you can tell because I don't just see them across one day. I see them, and this I've been doing this for years anyway. But anyways, all I'm speaking to that question is that uh, I'm not saying that there aren't people that have... uh, External value points such as good financials, good house, and a good car, etc., that don't also have sexual meaningful relationships, but it's far and few between. Now, your experience in saying that just the people that you know, that's great. I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't disagree with you. However, I would question what you determine meaningful to be, and I would also question how many people you know and how much research you've done into that, how much research you've done into uh, relationships that end in the form of divorce, that end in the form of uh, brutal cheating, that end in the form of uh, brutal, brutal domestic violence. That also featured same external value key points. Okay, moving on. Richo saying, because they're not deeply fulfilled people, women ideally look for deeply fulfilled men. Good, Richo, because you're getting onto something JNU was talking about. We're going to get into the different types of women, the women that come and the women that stay. We talk about both of these. We will talk about both of these. That's coming up next because you both mentioned it now. Jane then went on to say, I think this is a good time to transition on the discussion on having good looks since Justin also seems to derive value from this. Yeah, that's, that'll come up soon as well. We'll get there. Not there yet, but we'll come up. Distracon's up in here saying, yo, good to have you, Distracon. Tonio comes in saying, I think because for most people, it is easier to work on everything outside of yourself and surround yourself with success. Instead of pausing to look inward, self-reflect and humble oneself. And that's Tonio's answer to my question of what's the, why is there such a contradiction? And especially in Justin's mindset of external value points equaling sexual fulfillment and deeply meaningful relationships. <clears throat> and so Tonio is saying that it's just easier for people to just work on everything outside of them. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. It is much harder to... Face yourself in the mirror. Look inside and understand who you actually are. Well done on that, Tonya. Okay, so I'm just going to give one more chance. Uh, one more chance. Just going to give one more readout and then we'll go into it deep. Distract on comes in with his answer saying, I think it's because those guys didn't work on themselves as a person 
And going back to last week's topic, they didn't get guidance from older guys either. That's an interesting point. No one's brought up that yet either. Leadership. Good point there to strike on. Okay, so let's not uh, let's not forget about Adolf Merkel, my friends. Who in this chat know the story of Adolf Adolf Merkel? Who in this chat knows that story? If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you would have heard me reference it maybe twice, particularly in the Life Purpose podcast, not social Q&As. Maybe one social Q&A I mentioned the story of Adolf, but, uh, and don't just go and Google it, right? I've got to go into the story, don't worry, but I just want to see if anyone knows it. But I mentioned this in our Life Purpose podcast back when we just did Bulldozer podcasts, the ones that weren't live. Justin, I want you to take a moment here. We're out here in the ocean, got a lot of lighthouses pointing, you're in the high seas, you've dropped anchor. This is a story you need to pay attention to. The story of Adolf Merkel. Germany's fifth richest man. Billionaire. The world's 94th richest man. Back in 2009. Took his own life. Committed suicide. Jumped in front of a train. In the results of losing hundreds, hundreds and millions of euros in the fallout from the 2008-2009 financial crisis. Adolf Merkel was 74 years old at the time. He was the head of a conglomerate, a family as they refer to it as, in Germany at least, of businesses, corporations. One was a drug manufacturing company and, uh, and one was, I can't remember the other company, drugs and something else. Automotive. I know he had a, he had a lot invested in, in uh, automotive and particularly... Not just uh, the just the advent of because you know a lot of people lost money in two thousand eight two thousand nine uh, housing crisis and the financial world recession. However, one specific thing that happened in the story of Adolf Merkel, seventy four years old, was that he had invested a tremendous amount of capital in VW, and at the time VW, you may remember, and Porsche. Uh, there, I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but there was a big rift going on between the two. And it caused, uh, at least on Adolf's side, to lose hundreds and millions of euros. Now, in lieu of this, inside of this, he decided life was not worth living. Now, you've got to keep this in mind, Justin. Adolf was 74 years old. He had four children. So most likely, I don't know the ages of the children at the time, but they were all adults at the time. He lived 74 years of life. He's the fifth richest man in Germany. Right? His, his net worth, I can't remember at the time, but he's a billionaire. At the time, financial crisis hits. External value points in social status, in terms of the status amongst others, right? being the head of this family of conglomerate of businesses, that goes down the drain. He's losing face. Uh, his actual financial stability going down the drain loses face. Right? He's obviously going to have to lay off workers. There's a lot of responsibility on him, a lot of pressures face towards him. Can't handle it. Decides I'm going to end my own life in the cold German winter, steps out onto the train tracks and ends his life. And as they described in the article, when a single police car came by to the situation, the snow was stained blood. The snow was still stained of blood, as the journalist wrote. Adolf Merkel, worth looking into this story. Why? Because for someone who had all, if not all, a ridiculous proportion of the world's financial stability. A man who has all of the 
external value points you are discussing. I'm sure he had many good cars. I'm sure he had many good houses. I'm sure he had, and this is the point about the financial stability and how some of you have mentioned the concept of happiness. And I wonder if you understand, Justin, that happiness is relative. It's really, uh, what's his name? Is it Martin Seligman? I believe it is. There's a book called Happiness by Martin Seligman, worth looking into. Happiness is relative, set points. We'll get to this. Despite Adolf and uh, Mr. Merkel losing tremendous, unfathomable amounts of money in that financial crisis, he wasn't out of money. He didn't lose all of his money. Some of you looking at the situation might look at, okay, so he lost hundreds and hundreds of millions of euros, but was he on the street? He wasn't on the street. He had children. Surely his relationships would have been more meaningful than the money, right? 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 Justin, if you walk into the casino, if I take you to the casino tonight, and let me say your net worth is $100, 100 Australian dollars, and I ask you to put 90 of those $100 on black, take you to the roulette table, your net worth is 100 that's your role, that's your life role, it's not just your bank role, that's your life role, you're $90 and I, $100, and I tell you to put 90 of those $100 on black, and the, and the ball drops on red. You lose. You're left with 10. That's it for the rest of your life. You got $10. You're going to feel like shit. Relative, it's not actually that much money, is it? But relative to you, you lost 90% of your entire life stake financially. If we take someone who has 100 million or just 8 million, not even that, let's just say 100,000. Say someone who's got a because that seems a little more relevant. These hundred millions and billions don't seem relevant to us, us everyday folk. But let's say I, I take you into the casino now, I say you have a $100,000 bankroll and that's your life, that's your net worth. And I ask you to put 90,000 on black, ball drops red. So you're left with 10,000. It's all relative. You feel just as bad. Your life seems to be crashing just as much. It's relative. Whether you went into the casino only having $100 to your name or 100000 to your name, the summation of loss is relative. For Adolf Merkel, it seems ridiculous to the average person that you would commit suicide because you lost hundreds and millions of euros, yet if you were to leverage all of your investments, sell off all of your investments, sell all your... Uh, he's probably had a huge collection of cars, probably had several estates across the world, leverage all of it, liquidate all of it, sell everything, sell it down to the point where he got to literally Adam in 2000 and uh, what year was it? 2016, 2015, where I'm literally going to coach my first boot camps interstate, uh, sorry, in- internationally, where all I do is I bring a backpack on my back. I travel from Australia to US with nothing but a backpack and all my technical equipment in it, right? I did that just for the fun of it. I didn't have to, but I did it for the fun of it just to see what it would be like to rough it uh, and to London as well. Oh, this flight attendant looked at me so funny. 
And but anyways, let's say he did all that. He liquidated everything in the financial crisis to all of his houses, sell all of them, all the cars, sell all of them, all his financial investments, even the investment accounts he had set up for future children or grandchildren, liquidate all of it, right? Clear all of his debt. He would still likely have a few million dollars. Even after having it sell off all the companies, right? Put them in put them into administration, get other people to take over them, he would still likely have more money than any other regular person. He was at such a level of financial wealth that he was the fifth richest man in Germany, 94th richest man in the world. So even if he was to do away with all of his level of uh, relative wealth, relative to the average person, you, Justin, he would probably still have at least a couple hundred thousand, probably a million or so. This is the type of man that's dealing with billions of dollars. Can I just, can we get something for the people in the back? I'm in the back row of this one as well, because I don't know this term. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me get this. How, how many million in a billion? I just want to make sure I don't get this wrong. There is one, that's what I thought, 1,000 million in a billion. So you think about you think about what a billion means. There's a thousand million. This is the type of person we're dealing with here. So even if he was to liquidate absolutely everything, sell off everything, he'd probably still be left with at least one, maybe, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe at, if we're being really, really conservative, maybe a couple hundred thousand, which the average person does not have. The average person does not have doesn't have a liquid couple hundred thousand in the bank. That is upper class, right? Most people are in debt, right? They're not in the green, they're in red. So let's park this for a second. You'd still think that isn't life worth living? Surely his relationships would be more important. His four children, right? Surely he lived for something else. Surely there were other, surely his value wasn't solely determined on these hundreds of thousands of millions and billions of dollars. Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently not. I love the story of Adolf Merkel because it's so extreme. And it's so extreme that you have to rationalize it back down to the man who walks into the casino with a $100 net worth. And that's the, story, that's the lesson here as we're starting to wrap up the external value here for you, Justin. And why I brought this story up is that now for you guys here in the live chat as well, and for Justin very specifically. Okay, Justin, I give up. I give up. I'm going to stop trying to convince you that external value, if not that I've ever tried to convince you, but I'm going to stop trying to provide points against the argument of external value being an exhaustible, uh, unstable, fragile criteria for determining self-value. I give up. All right? This is what I'll do. So I do for you, Justin. I'm going to give you a liquid $500,000 right now. Liquid, it's positive green. There is no attachment. There is no debt to it. You do whatever you want with it. $500,000 in the bank right now. Let's call it US as well. Not even Australian because the currency exchange is rubbish. Let's say you're US $500,000, which is probably $700,000 Australian maybe or six fifty dollars maybe. Depending, I haven't checked the rates today, but not that I do every day, but uh, let's say five hundred dollars US. As liquid in your bank right now. Okay. That that will pretty much get you any car that you want. 
that'll get you a, a condo, your bachelor pad, every, anywhere you want around the world, no problem there. Uh, that'll take care of any land taxes. If you want to go and get yourself an investment farm down in Australia, that'll let you do pretty much anything if I give you 500k. There shouldn't be too many limitations there beyond reason, what I think you think is reasonable. Right, unless you're trying to... I don't think you're so excessive that you're trying to buy buy factories. I don't think that's your goal. So let's say I give you 500,000 liquid. Go get the car that you want. Go get the house that you want. How do you feel? Who are you? How much value do you have? Let's take you back to Syria and babe at work. But now you're different. You got 500K in the bank. You've got, let's say that you went out down to uh, South Beach, Miami. You picked up a waterfront uh, condo, maybe a penthouse on the, wa- on the waterfront. Picked up, a, picked up a nice couple thousand dollar a month rent there. But you can afford that now. And uh, let's say that you picked up, a, let's say you picked up a, a Bugatti. Or let's say you picked up your Lambo. Let's say you picked up, a, and even if, say, if you didn't want to fork out for it, it would be a bit silly to fork out for it outright. Let's say you just got it on rent. Or even if you didn't want to get on rent, let's just downgrade you a little bit to let's just say uh, an R5 or a Nissan GTR, one of the latest ones. Let's whatever you want, all right? You're whatever your souped up car is. You got it now, all right? You got your Porsche. You got your Porsche. You got your South Beach Miami condo, penthouse. And let's take you back to Syrian, babe. How much value do you have? For those of you in the live chat, how much value does he have? If I was just to give him everything he wants right now, 500000 in the bank, car, penthouse, stability, it's all there. There is a lot of stability we've given him, but what, what kind of stability? A true stability or a fake stability? When he goes in to interact with Syrian babe, at least at this stage in the story, how has he changed? What will she receive from him? What will she feel from him? How will he carry himself? How much more different will he be? Has he become any more of a man now that he has all of these external value points? Car, money, house. Justin, I hope that you're humble enough to understand this thought exercise and realize that it's not, it's not real. It's not true. The things that you've given me, while they are nice, they're not true. They are not undying. They are fragile. They are in the story of Adolf Merkel can be taken away at any moment. So is that truly what value is? Is value something that can be taken away from you without your control? Kevin Wu, K. Wu asked me early in this chat, Hey Adam, could you define what value is? There you go, K. Wu. Value for me is something that cannot be taken away. A man or woman's value is something that cannot be taken away. Anytime someone chose to tell me that, listen, man, I think this guy's a pretty valuable guy. He's got that car. He's got that money. He's got that penthouse. All right, that guy's got a lot of value. That's why he gets all those women. All right, that's why people respect him. That's why, that's why I want to be that guy. And then I say, okay, okay, I understand, I understand. But let me hit you with the 2008-2009 financial crisis. Let me hit you with a six months later COVID, COVID crisis, COVID lockdown, in which that governments just completely lose their way. 
try to lock everyone down ridiculously. People have enough. All of a sudden, you get anarchy in the streets. You get people coming out with guns. Now, all of a sudden, there's a civil war in your country and that there are armed militia going out within the neighborhood trying to fight lockdown. This is the direction we are going in, by the way, especially in the US. And then they're actively going to have to fight the government because they're going to have to uproot the government. Right? That's that. Let's say that happens in six months. How much value does your penthouse in South Beach, Miami matter then? How much value does your 500K liquid green matter then? How much, how much value do all those things hold now? Because they've now been taken away from you. In Adolf Merkel's story, how much value did his hundreds of millions of euros hold if they could be taken away like that? Value for me is that which is inexhaustible, undying, and infinite. It is something that no one could ever take away from you. I think about the most valuable people I've ever met, and this is now where we're going to segue into what is the number one currency traded between human beings? If you guys are understanding now that, okay, value is something that can't be taken away from you, because anything that can be taken away from you can't be true. It can't be real. So we look at the opposite then. We look at something that can't be taken away from you. What's something that can't be taken away from you? It seems like that's a hard concept to understand if you're not used to this type of conversation, if you've been conditioned to think in the opposite way. The answer to the question, what is the value that cannot be taken away? What is true value? What is the true value of a man and a woman? And if I've told you, at least as a clue here, that it is that which is inexhaustible and that which cannot be taken away from you, the answer lies in the question of what is the number one currency traded between human beings? We'll take a pause there. I'll let you guys answer that in the chat because that's a golden, golden question. And while I would love to just rant and rant and give you the answer straight up, I want to see if any of you are switched on. I did enough ranting. I'll see if you guys are switched on. So let me go in the chat. There's a lot of chat. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Sorry, guys. There's just a lot of stuff going on. I've realized the people in the post podcast. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, scrolling through, scrolling through. Ben Hyde come and saying, it all comes from a difference of thought. If you allow money to control you and see work as just a means to an end, you slowly become entrenched in the ways of this world and forget your true self. Yeah. Well said. Well said, Ben. Jay New comes in saying, okay, I'm bringing out the notebook. Nice. Nice. That's, that's the way, Jay New. Kay Wuthering comes in saying, he attached his worth as a human being to his net worth. Whoa, well said. He attached his worth as a human being to his net worth. When he lost his money, he felt that he lost his identity. Obviously, when we're talking about Adolf. Tonio comes in saying, like Jay Cole said, billionaires with petroleum and coal money probably kill them kill themselves if they had coal money. I'm not sure what that means. Meaning still millions. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. 
I get what you're saying. Taha comes in saying, I don't think Adolf's story is accurate. When Merkel committed suicide, he was Euro 5 billion in the hole. Oh, I'm sure he was in the hole. That doesn't make his suicide story any less accurate, though. I'm sure everyone at that time was in the hole. That was the nature of the recession. But it's interesting how so many how so, how so many people in his position got out of the hole in the financial recession just by wiping it clean. People, uh, that's that's what uh, what was the, the Big Short? The Big Short went very deep. That was a great movie on that whole situation. Uh, Jay Newer then comes saying, for every percent unemployment increases, forty thousand people die in the U.S. Brad Pitt. Every percent unemployment increases. Forty thousand people will die in the US. Okay, interesting fact. And yeah, so you guys are just discussing the whole Adolf story. Yep, move past that. So let's get to this question. Let's get to this question. I asked you guys if the only true value is that which is inexhaustible, that is undying. And if you don't understand, and I, you try to think about that, and Justin's thinking about, okay, well, what does that mean then? If I can't look to value outside of myself because it's so fleeting, can be taken away from me at any moment, and which means that even if I was to get into a sexual relationship with someone, that seems to be a bit of a uh, house founded on glass. That seems to be a house founded on glass with walls erected with paper. It seems to be it can be taken away very quickly. So if we understand why that's probably not a good idea, how can we do the opposite? How can we create value that lasts forever? How can we last and create value that is actually something of meaning, that isn't founded on glass, that isn't erected with paper walls, but that is founded on deep earth and that is erected with cedar wood, with the wood of Japanese forests, that are unshakable? How can we do that? Pretty hard question to answer if you do not understand the answer to the other question of the brother questions. The brother, if you don't understand that one, you need to understand this one, which is what is the number one currency traded between human beings? Some of my OGs probably know the answer to that question. I want to see if anyone knows the answer. Okay, first answer to the question. I'm just making sure it's the first one. Reminds me of the Stoics. It's from Tonio, I believe. There's a lot of chat, but I believe it's Tonio is the first one answering it here. Yeah, it is. Okay, Tonio comes on the first answer when I asked about what is the number one currency traded between human beings. He says, in brackets, eternal energy. <laughs> Referencing uh, the guide of meditation, eternal energy. Thank you for that, Tonio. So on a very loose, esoteric way, yes, you're correct, but not specifically. You're correct, but you're not correct, okay? You're little, you've, you've gone to the core of the earth with your answer. I need the tree on top. <laughs> uh, but you, you could definitely interpret your answer when we get later on the podcast to being correct, just not yet. You definitely, it's not that you're incorrect is what I'm saying. 8% disciple then comes in saying, from the women perspe- from the woman's perspective, it feels like conviction is the only thing a woman can't take away. Conviction in own beliefs. Interesting word that you've used there with conviction. Definitely speaks to something. Not correct. Not specifically correct in this. 
while I don't, it doesn't specifically answer the question. It's definitely not the right answer to this question, but I don't disagree with it at the same time as a general principle. I like what you're saying is what I'm saying. It just doesn't answer the question. So not quite correct for this question. Jay Nu then comes in saying his answer to what is the number one currency traded between human beings, saying genuine connection, acknowledgement, and acceptance. I see you for you and nothing more, nothing less. I can't give you, you Jay Nu was the almost the first person to receive the 100,000 Zenny reward. Can't give it to you though, because you haven't actually hit the word. Jay Nu has hit the, the, the body of the answer. It's a great body. Well done. You haven't given me the title though. It's not the correct answer. It's the correct, it's the correct explanation of the correct answer. So beautiful. We can come back to that later, but not, not exactly. Not exactly. There's something, there is a word, Jay, that describes everything you've just said. It's one word. I'll see if someone gets it. Smurf comes in saying, Papa Smurf comes in saying, I understand where you're going, but the money he earned has value. He earned and worked hard for all of his life uh, for that money. The money represents his character and who he is. The money itself is worthless, but the act of earning it represents his character. I I disagree with that wholeheartedly, and that's okay. I still respect your opinion, but uh, money is a very. I under, I definitely agree with the concept that money itself is worthless, but the act of earning it represents his character. Ah, but that's where I disagree. Actually, the act of earning it represents his character. I I disagree with that quite wholeheartedly. Uh, all you have to do is go to third world countries and meet people that live in the mud, meet people that live in the rice paddies who don't have a dollar to their name and their character represents nothing of that. I've been to these places in the world. I've met these people. And so that's why I disagree with you. Maybe in theory, what you say makes sense. But if you get into the practicality of it, you actually go out into the world and you travel to many different countries, you meet these different people. That's why you might understand why I disagree with that. But I I respect you putting in your opinion. So thank you. Uh, But I disagree. Ben High then comes and saying, time is our greatest currency and an illusion. Hmm. Yes, I would agree, Ben, that time is our greatest currency and illusion as a general as a general sitting at the military table. However, he is not the supreme commander in terms of what I'm asking of the question, which is that I'm not asking you what is the greatest currency in general of human beings. I'm saying what is the number one currency traded between human beings? And so you can see why your answer is not correct there. Thank you. Richard comes in saying, number one currency traded between human beings, question mark. <laughs> That's the question. Joe Elvin comes in. Good to have you here, Jay. Comes in saying, the number one currency you can trade is happiness. You can make someone happy with a smile, compliment, true connection, etc. Doing this makes you happier in return. Okay, so Joe Elvin and Jay Nu are the closest so far. They have both hit... They're both correct. They've actually both given the correct body of the answer, but neither of them have hit the correct title, <laughs> which is good. Like, I, I'd rather that. I'd rather you get the explanation right than just the right title and get the explanation wrong. So, uh, Jay New and Joe, and Joe, you two have come together, uh, but we're going to move on now because I'm not going to honey dick it anymore. So, if you just look at it right here, Joe Joe's saying that number one is happiness, talking about 
how he makes people feel. Compliments, smiles, true connection. What did Jay New say? Did Jay Newman say? There's so much to get in here. Jay Newman said, genuine connection, acknowledgement, and acceptance. I see you, for you, nothing more, nothing less. So what are Joe and Jay New speaking to, Justin? When I ask you the question of what is the number one currency traded between human beings, not just the number one currency of humans in general, which I definitely agree with Ben is the illusion of time. However, amongst a couple others that sit along with that, But I'm talking about specifically traded between human beings because we're not just talking about value here for the sake of talking about value. We're talking about a young 21-year-old with limited sexual experience uh, in many different scapes that is looking to get into deeper sexual meaningful relationships. Let's keep focused on that. Yet we've broken down that his idea of external value is fleeting at best, fragile at best, a house founded upon glass, erected with paper walls. We want to look to internal value then, but to understand internal value, we have to understand its nature, in which that is inexhaustible, undying, cannot be taken away from you. What would that look like? What would that be represented by? It's a very hard question to answer, which is why I then give you the brother question of, which will give you the answer to that question, which is that, what is the number one currency traded with human beings? Emotions. The number one currency traded between human beings is emotions. We trade on emotional connection. How someone makes you feel is acknowledgement to the highest level that you do in fact exist. If someone can make you feel joy, someone can make you feel sad, someone can make you feel hate, Anger, pain, deep sorrow, deep disappointment, ecstatic love, euphoric, endemic love to the center of your core. What is it about that that makes that the number one traded currency? Why do we value that more than anything else? It lets me know I'm alive. Confirmation of our existence, we value this. I said before, that is a general principle. That Ben said, we value time as an illusion. Yes, that's a general sitting at the table for sure. And one that aligns, but there's a supreme command above that because people commit suicide all the time. So that's not enough. The illusion of time is not enough, Ben, for for a lot of human beings. For a lot of human beings, the illusion of time is not a supreme commander for existence. The supreme commander for existence for human beings is acknowledgement of existence through emotional connection and trading of emotions. Let's look at this in romantic relationships now. If I said to you guys before, why is it that not every man who has a good car, good house, and uh, financial stability, why is it that not all of them have deep, meaningful sexual relationships that give them reason for living? It's very common. Very common. It wasn't just Adolf Merkel who committed suicide in lieu of extreme financial crisis. That was quite a common thing happening in 2009. Uh, CEOs committing suicide. And it's since then. It's not a rare thing that people of extreme financial wealth commit suicide. That's not a rare thing. But to the question of why is it not a correlation that every single man who has 
those big three value point external keys, external values, also does not also seem to have extremely deep and meaningful relationships. Not saying that there aren't that don't. I'm not saying that there aren't people that have external value points as well that don't also have deep, meaningful relationships. This is not an argument or a belittlement of external value and of itself. That's not what we're concerned with here. What we're concerned with here is that it doesn't seem to be the answer to deep, meaningful, sexually polarized relationships. Otherwise, why would divorce be so prevalent? Why would these things be so prevalent? Why would people be breaking up and committing suicide be so prevalent if external value was everything? Hmm, put that to the side. Emotions now. If we can flip that perspective and go, let's think about the reverse, Justin. Why is it that it seems to be a very common thing that you find guys with very little external value points, guys who don't have great cars, guys who don't have great jobs, that don't have great houses with extremely attractive women. To the level of how meaningful and fulfilling they are, we would have to ask them. But all you have to do is go out at night, go out anywhere, really. I see it at the beach all the time. Go to the gym. Go to... Go 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 into public. Meet these type of people. Why is it that the opposite exists? Why does the opposite exist as well? That we seem to find extremely attractive women with drop kicks. Now I'm not talking about fish. I'm not talking about weak beta males that don't have that don't have a leg to stand on in terms of direct congruent authenticity, authenticity that don't that also don't have a house, car, money, etc., financial external points. I'm talking about some pretty mean guys. I'm talking about some pretty rough guys. Why is this how can this exist? How can the opposite exist in which that if you go especially if you go out at night. Yeah, you will find we will we we'll, we could talk about sugar daddies. But that's not everyone. But you will see if you go out at night, a the type of girls, so and the type of girls, the type of guys that a lot of extremely attractive women hang around, they don't necessarily have all the external value points either. I know many of them. <laughs> I know many of them. I meet many of them. I talk to a lot of them. Right? That guys that don't have it all put together the way that Justin is describing that he needs to have her put together, yet they seem to also have a lot of, a lot of sexual interaction with a lot of very attractive women. How can this exist? The answer what I talked about before. Trading of emotional connection. Let's go back to high school. In high school, not many people have the external value points that Justin's been describing, at least generated from themselves. They may have endowed them from parents for sure, but that's not what we're talking about. At least off their own individual bat, there's not many people in high school that have bought their own house, bought their own car, and also have extreme financial stability, etc. Off their own bat. But if you look at the type of girls, uh, the type of guys that girls, the particularly extremely attractive girls in high school hang out with, they don't seem to have those value points either. So what is being traded then? If the most attractive girls in high school, let's say 17 to 18, around year 11, year 12, they, they seem to hang out with a certain type of guy. A certain type of guy that a lot of a lot of simps really like to hate. 
a lot of Mr. Nice guys really type of, really hate these type of guys. What's the type of guy we're talking about? I wonder if anyone's got that. See if you guys are on, on point with that. Think about it. Think about what that type of guy looks like and what he does for her. Think about the classic story. I'm sure you guys have all been through this. She's with the wrong guy. She's just with a bad guy. She's with a bad dude. Jose comes in with a beautiful answer. The naturals. The naturals. Very good, Jose. But let's get back on the story. Very good, though, Jose. She's just with the bad guy. He doesn't treat her right. right? He's, he's always a dick to her. Right? He's, I just don't see why she likes him. Isn't that so you've heard all of your best friends say if you're a Mr. Nice Guy, which I used to be? I just can't see why she would be with him. When I think about when I was in high school, the most attractive girls were always with guys that, for better or worse, always kind of treated them a little bit shit. Right? They were never that nice to them. They kind of like, like to just kind of put them down a bit and, you know, fuck around with them, like psychologically. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like good guys. Yet the most attractive girls in high school were always attracted to those type of guys. It's interesting. What are they receiving? What's being traded on? Emotions. What is the type of emotional experience that a woman gets from an absolute Mr. Nice Guy? A three? A three or four low hum of sweet apple pie. Just a sweet, sweet strawberry cup. That's what this guy is. This Mr. Nice Guy, he's just a nice line of energy. So predictable. So uh, there's no rise here. There's no major fall or major high. It's just a nice strawberry shortcake. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast. Uh, donation link all of that's tremendously appreciated and i'd also love your feedback on this session whether you want to actually i'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual youtube videos itself if you go into youtube drop your comments there that's probably the best way it really just helps support the channel and i always uh, i actually source the next episodes of social q a from the previous episodes of q a i often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there so if you've got a suggestion for a future social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here, and that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.